I'm speaking to the technical advisor. I hear nothing. Checking. Yeah, it's on. <clears throat> the only way I can hear myself is through your computer over there. I could, I'm going to take my headphones out and ask somebody to speak. Somebody, please speak. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Hold on. I'm going to use the headphones. Now, will you say something? Dogs, potatoes, and frogs. <laughs> yes. We are online. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Checking in from Brazil. It's an overcast day. I did laundry this morning. It's still not dry yet. It's not as humid as Costa Rica, so there's still a chance. Uh, <clears throat> our household situation here is in transformational turmoil, and uh, we've been doing a lot of emotional healing processes and groundlessness work lately over here. Mm. How about somebody else? Anybody else want it? Like Ingrid, how's it going in the Ingrid department? Hi, everybody. I, I think it was yesterday or before yesterday, I had a, a clear idea that for a long time, And, and I was really surprised that uh, that 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 so my my con concept of joy was uh, keeping me in a child ego state, and uh, it had really a big impact on me. So yeah, about that the joy can some can can be something completely different and uh, when when i take responsibility when when i define joy not as a moment of non-responsibility and uh, i'm discovering that and it's really i'm i'm going through my day today and uh, i ask myself is that joy is that joy and yes i found i find out that i i can have joy for things I never felt joy before. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Can you give uh, some workshops in this, Ingrid? <laughs> yes, I think so. Yes. Good idea. There are so many people who need to discover this and practice with this. Yeah. Such, especially Westerners, especially in America, especially modern people, this whole confusion about joy and happiness and the child ego state is, is 
at the core of people's life experience and confusion. Yeah. Wow, it'd be so great to have some articles, workshops, sharing, really broadband sharing about that. Can yeah. Just put your article on the cover page of the New York Times, all right? <laughs> yes, this turns me on. Yes, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that check-in. Wow, what a great experiment. Thank you so much for those distinctions. Wow. Somebody else, we're doing a little check-in here from around the world. Johanna, how about you? Yes, I'm, I'm in Berlin and I've been experimenting about talking with strangers to, yeah, to to connect with people because uh, I arrived in a in a city I hardly know anybody, and it's quite fun actually. <laughs> it takes uh, I I noticed the sadness and the anger when I was missing out opportunities of talking with strangers where I was feel appealed by kind of I think my archetypal lineage and just sometimes my box was like no you know just go home or. And then this kind of disappointment and this sadness just brought me then just now to grab the opportunity when I feel like the impulse, I, I just do it. So it's interesting. What and, what happens when you do it, Johanna? Um, joy, joy, like really like the joy what, of- What happens, like what? What's your interaction? Like, how do oh. you, what do you talk about or what happens? Uh, often people are, are op like they're open quite fast. Uh, there's like a small, some seconds of breaking the ice, the ice melts. And actually then quite fast, the person like um, getting this uh, comfortable state with like, yeah, I would say that. Uh, even in a big town like Berlin. And what happens with you? Um, like, like I say, some moments where it's like the joy of connecting with another being that I don't know before. And just uh, relating with what happened with me uh, hmm. i feel actually what happens like i feel more at home when i connect with people like i don't feel this um small atom kind of not connected to a place and I feel the more uh, groundingness actually yeah what happens is a, a feeling of groundingness and feeling I am present and my present is is here and brings something in it's not just I'm here and nothing happens from my presence and I can feel like it's is this groundingness yeah thank you cool experiment I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing that thank you thank you Irena what What's how, what are you up to? Uh, hola, hola. 
Um, I have a wonderful week. Um, Gina, I'm running. I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you. I ask you not yes. to speak, start with, um, I ask you not okay. to start with, um, because it puts you in your mind and it disconnects you from authenticity. So we don't really want to know about your week. What we want to know about is what are experiments you're doing? What's changing for you? What edges are you on? Ah, oh, see, 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 see. I'm integrating the knowledge that I am teaching. I'm integrating in myself the things that I'm saying, sharing, and the things that I believe that I'm integrating, doing it every day, like my life, lifestyle, or like my conscious permanently of what I'm doing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. How about you guys at the writing and, house? Oh, did you, were you saying more, Irena? Yes, I want to share that I, um, plan uh, worship for the extraordinary listening. And I announced it in the couple of places that I, like around here, it was a present event. And I have expectations of people to come. And um, three people like, like confirmed but then at the day of the event, nobody came. Mm. So I received this um, a, a, yeah, understanding or message of reality of what I'm expecting and why I'm sharing and with, from where I'm trying to share. And, and then I remember that we, if we decide to share knowledge, it is with the purpose of sharing, not trying to convince or trying to, yeah, like, like a, a religion. I don't know that word, but like, mm -hmm. convert, <laughs> convert yes, others. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's why that's happening in my life. And I'm so happy and grateful for all the information that I have been receiving in this serial course. Thank you. Thank you. How about you writing house people there on the bench? <clears throat> I discovered today in a healing process that I am here to honor the earth to honor gaia and that it it's totally insane for me to to like manipulate myself and guilt myself into doing things that i don't want to do next to coming here to honor gaia and it, it's just this like it's so insane that for 
most of my life I've been manipulating myself and creating and like drowning myself in guilt so that I would do things that I want or even that I don't want to do. And now I'm doing this experiment for today already. I've been doing it and for a whole month of just only doing what I want. So that's where I am. Thank you. Thank you. Is this working? I feel sad and I think scared, more like a shock about how much like as human beings, there are such big forces. I was, I don't know how much you've heard. Starting in your sad and shock that human beings are what? And you have to unmute yourself. Yeah. That there are such big forces that work in our life. Just the first thing. For example, Zoom. It's fine. Forget about it, Clinton. How am I here? Yeah. Clinton, just go ahead. I'm not going to share. I'd really like to hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's... Come over here. Just walk over here. <laughs> And and Chloe, even actually when you talk to Clinton, we could hear you just from your space. Incredible that Zoom works about the entire week, except during the study group. <laughs> I was saying that I'm, I'm yeah, I'm shocked. I think I'm sort of in a shock where there's so, like, in the people here, there's so much resonance in our archetypal lineage or our principles or what. Powerful as that. That. And that, I think maybe I had some kind of fantasy. A lot of other forces at work. And despite even resonance, it just doesn't. It cannot counter counteract these other forces, and so I don't know. I think it's part of a fantasy world that's coming apart about 
like if we have resonance and if we're together and if we support each other and if we do emotional healing process then and it's going to work out then we're going to be together and support each other and keep doing emotional healing processes with each other and even that certainty is like disappearing somehow and I, I, I moved a lot when I was a child and I am used to people moving in and out of my life and but it's it's never really been with such like sp like speed and movement than the past few years and I think I just have to like be sad about it and kind of ride the ride this the wave of grief somehow and then let the new people come but I was I was kind of thinking that most prediction about like how much earth will be sustainable for human beings as by 2050 it won't be really any more sustainable for us to live here more or less and that that means that I would be 58 years old I mean I know some people who are having children right right now like people who are pregnant right now that means they'll be less than 30 years old when that and that hits and it's like what do I, I don't know I think it kind of tells me like what am I doing like what do I what do I want to do what do I want to dedicate my minutes and hours of my life my life to and right now I haven't found anything else in what I'm doing which I I think it's good news in whatever it just yeah something like that i'm going to <clears throat> fill in some practical details okay and then you correct me apart okay <clears throat> now we've been we started this experiment where we have six people in a household in on this Florianopolis island of Brazil. And it's been going for a few weeks and it became apparent that, that uh, we're actually involved in a mixed context where <clears throat> two of the people really need to go do something else because they were going to do something else. And to, this is not a drop-in hippie house. You know, that's not what we have here. It's just not a you know, a drop-in joint. So it's really a, a project house. And uh, so two of the people are in the middle of working out what they really want to do. And so it's a sad thing for at least me anyway. And then Claire was saying that. So I just wanted you to know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'll go back to that place. All right. I'll see if my headphones work.
Does it matter if I have the headphones in? Is it better? I think it helps. Good. All right. Sound check. Can you hear me? Ingrid, can yeah. you hear me? Joseph, okay, thanks. Great. Uh, you are a little bit weaker. All right. Well, you let you talk. How's it going there? I, yeah, I am in a moment of grief as well. It's like my last weeks in Leipzig. I don't know if it's just the grief I started this child decontamination. Maybe it's also that, but there's like last week there have been days I didn't really want to get up. I didn't really want to do anything. It was just this. I was just feeling sad all day. And what? How's the decontamination going? There's like a lot of times I just feel really, really small. Like I'm, I'm in this baby thing again like I couldn't I'm doing this experiment also to get like three holdings every week a three 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 Great. holding yeah and yes actually I want to to ask you all because like the first thing what I'm doing right now is decontaminating I have this kind of movement that I do with my hands and my shoulder it's also pressing the voice and it's yeah, I don't notice it as much. Like, it's really hard for me to take it out myself. And so if one of you sees that, like if I'm sharing right now and you notice I'm doing that, please, please tell me. So this is something it's, I, I, yeah, actually. You're doing it right now. You're yeah, okay. I feel scared because I don't know what I'm saying. Thank you, Dor. Okay, thank you. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Somebody else who else has, can share some things? I'd like to share for a moment. Stephanie, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. I'm experimenting with uh, different ways of engaging in study group a little bit rather than sitting in my house. So I've done, I've moved to some other spots and I've also spent more time just listening and absorbing. And I wanted to celebrate one thing that I felt really profound from last week, which was about proposals. And after two years, I think I finally convinced my partner that when I'm offering things that they're proposals that I'm receptive to counter proposals and that has made a real big difference in some of the negotiation in the last week. So right. I feel really grateful for um, that I that I listened in on the proposals uh, aspect last week. And I'm also excited about a project um, that I've just started uh, writing an article because I read in the last week, the book Ishmael, which is on the mm -hmm. um, list of suggested books. Great book. And I have a feeling that the, yeah, I have a feeling that the current debate involving to mandate or not to mandate vaccines could be something to 
sort of expose the taker myth presented in that story in a way that there's never been an opportunity before. So I'm tackling that. I'm attempting to tackle that and write an article about it. Wow, very so cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah, a lot of people have read Ishmael. And mm -hmm. it's a, so the language of the taker and the, and the clarity that came from the book is, is widespread. I think a lot of people would be happy to suddenly see how it can be applied with the COVID thing. That's cool. Yep. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Okay, let us let us have the link when you when you publish it, all right? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Somebody else. Yeah, I'd like to share. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. I feel really sad as well. And it comes from something good because I've entered recently into a really extraordinary romantic relationship, but it's making me realize how much of my life I've been in relationships that hadn't reached this level, which I'm finally reaching now, I feel, or at least touching of adulthood. And even, I feel like I touched archetypal relationship, which felt, really amazing to feel at the same time why I'm here and why why I'm, I'm in a relationship and it was it was amazing and at the same time it brings up a lot of sadness for yeah that I'm 38 and and still most of my life and still most of the time I'm not in this level of relating at all and yeah that's just where I'm at. It's a, it's a good thing, and it's also incredibly sad. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, for sh yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also really grateful. I've been catching up with talks from the weeks when I couldn't join, and I always have very strong resonance. On, um, also, what Anne Chloe just shared about mixed context is something I'm also really becoming aware about in our game world. and. Uh, I'm just getting a lot of resonance from different people and it's it's been very helpful. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Thomas. I'm just feeling a lot of and sadness that can you get a little closer to your microphone just a little bit closer thank you what's it sadness about it's that I'm It's about separation and feeling lonely. Can you say what's separated? It's like I feel, now that I'm in this group, I'm feeling it because I'm feeling like I'm not alone, but I feel alone all the time. I feel like, and then I'm pressuring myself so much to do this work and to do more than I can. I, and so I'm in a way leaving myself alone too because I'm expecting myself to be 
And it's really nice because now I can feel the, I can feel you even just seeing me. And mm -hmm. it, a lot of the time I can't do that. I don't know the full details of your situation. My question is something like, if, I mean, if you're alone and don't do not want to be alone and then something would stop you from connecting with somebody some kind of a feeling would stop you from connecting with somebody what is stopping you it's fear of showing myself Okay, this is a tremendously useful piece of information. Really tremendously useful. When you bite your lips like that, that's a way to block feelings. Biting lips is a way to suppress feelings. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, and in this group, you don't have to do that. You can really feel them. Is there, is there any particular part of yourself that you're afraid to show? You're afraid of being seen? I think most, most of it is anger, but even this feels scary. So you're afraid to show your anger? Mm. Is that what you're saying? People will see your anger and you're afraid to show it? What is the anger about? Mm. I'm glad you're catching yourself not biting your lips. I feel glad that you notice that you're about to bite your lips and instead let the feeling come. That's great. Super. It's, I think it's, I've, I've had an emotional healing process before actually about this taking my space. And I actually, made the decision to take my space and I'm, I'm not doing it. With who or where, where are you not taking your space? I mean, it feels like in most places, actually, I've just spent one and a half weeks at a protest camp where they're occupying but I want to build in a motorway and everybody was <laughs> so many of the people who are there are just constantly blaming everybody else and not taking care of themselves and each other in a responsible way. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I want to offer it, but I don't want to 
like impose things and then I'm I'm not taking any space. I'm not and then with also with my girlfriend where I'm not at all I'm just kind of abandoning the relationship and the contact because I'm not not there. I'm just not not there. So you, you just had an emotional healing process and in particular you said you made a decision to take up space or something, but it turns out you're actually not doing it. We found out is that there's a needy sort of thing takes over. What do you think is the contamination about? Yeah, I think it's the gremlin that wants to kind of, if, if it sees any evidence that the other person is not taking as much responsibility, then it's thinks it's unfair and then I shouldn't and it's kind of expecting something of the other person and of the other. others in order for me to, to so thank you Ingrid. So the, what you're saying is that your adult ego state is I've looked at it and I think I'm a little overwhelmed also with which, so I'm, I'm going to do a rage club starting next week and Great. I haven't done my gremlin initiation yet. And I think this is also very important for me. Yeah. And I feel like I'm maybe even doing too much at the same time. So it, it's like I want to, there's so much wanting to do it and then I'm trying to do too much at the same time that I'm really... Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually really wanted to do this because I noticed, um, so I'm wondering what I need to do before the, this big contamination, what is kind of, uh, I actually looked at it and then I saw at the video that it's good to do the gremlin work before, so I started doing kind of gremlin work. Do you have a team? Are you in a, are you in a team? Like... I don't, I don't know what the status is. There were some people who were holding space for gremlin work and there were people holding space for decontamination work. I don't know if anybody knows anything about the status of the gremlin work in this case. Anybody? Yeah. 
this Vera called Space for Coaching for Decondemnation. I'm doing that with her. And also, I think Brianne and, uh, and Devin are holding space for a gremlin process that is connected to that with decontamination. That's what I know. Yeah, well, Brianne's right here and not saying anything, so I don't know what's going on. Yes, there is a gremlin training happening and that you could still join, Thomas, this week. And you, we would send you the recording from last week and a few recordings so you can get in touch. I'm on the Telegram group and we can have a talk about what is possible for gremlin work. Mm. And in November, there's a decontamination training with Vera Franco and myself. Sofia Magdalena happening, which requires some gremlin training, what is Brianne and Devin doing? So trying to do decontamination without gremlin training does not work. Wow. wow. This is a powerful opportunity because, you know, basically I don't know anywhere else in the world offering these sort of, this sort of work. So, thank you for saying that. Okay. Um, thanks for the space also. Thomas, so do you need anything about that? Do you need anything, more information or anything? I think it would be helpful for me to figure out how much I can do at the same time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. from, from what you've said, from what you have said, it would make sense to sort of drop a lot of things except maybe the gremlin work first. And the gremlin will get you clarity about what's going on. And then after that, the decontamination, the gremlin decontamination work after that, like in November or something. So that would be a great... And the rage uh, club alongside the... Yeah, but you know, the rage club is really there's not so much homework or not so much reading or not so much understanding in the rage work. It's just cleaning out your tubes, you know, building up your matrix for having, having the clarity. So that's really a different kind of work. So I don't think it's um, a conflict. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thomas, I'm grateful for your path. It's the first time I've, I've seen you here like crying and feeling uh, the last times I've seen you, you've, you've had this smile and you don't have this, this fake smile anymore. I just want to share. I'm really glad to see that and go. Yeah. Hmm. I bet, I don't know what kind of ecstasy you're in over there. You guys look like you're having a lot of high level fun. I don't, do you want to say anything, Habet? Maybe not. Okay, Joseph, anything? Um trying or on the work to to get back to to a rhythm with working with 
with PM. I've been on vacation and many things, and uh, I, I somehow lost the rhythm to, to work with him. Some things like I had started a group of three sale with Thomas, which I really enjoy. And then so many things came uh, in between, and it's it doesn't. I I'm sad that the things are not in the rhythm, and I really want to go back and and to be on a continuous track. And I feel that I'm kind of avoiding healing sessions. So I there is a kind of a resistance against doing that, and I'm following, trying to get deeper why I'm so uh, avoiding this. Yeah, thank you. I mean, what we've been finding, like I said, is that that kind of you make a decision to go here, but you end up over here is a lot about contaminating contamination of the adult ego state. Like it's a hidden competing commitment where the hidden commitment work yeah. has more power than, the, than your conscious commitment. And so you end up following your hidden commitment. And that's usually one of the contaminations. And so, yeah. yeah, great place to look. Cool, thank you. Dora, would you like to say anything? It's gotten darker over there since we started. Uh, wait, you have to, have to uh, unmute yourself. Oh. It, I feel sad. I feel joy to be here and I feel sad. Uh, there's something going on for me. I don't really have like a linear linear way to describe it. And it's something about like since the since the intimacy journey or lab. Can you can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, so since the intimacy journey or lab, I was like a lot of things are were kind of like falling apart for me and and a lot of the time I thought like it's my box and I'm doing this gremlin work so with Vera the decontamination and I had that story that like I need to let everything fall apart or something like that and, and I, I suddenly realized and, and Vera actually gave me that that like I I don't really take care of my five bodies and and I, I started to ask myself this question is like when is like when I'm when is like when my gremlin is taking over or something like that who is giving him the control it's me because my being when my being wants to put my gremlin on a leash and act for my adult, that is my being. And then who, so like who's in charge of my gremlin? It's me, so why, why do I have that? Like, like this decontamination and the gremlin is like, like who's responsible for this? And it's me. So why can I not be just like, you know, let everything fall apart and, and just, I don't know, be like this um, monk, like a Zen monk or something. Just like, I don't need anything, just go in and, and I, 
and I'm asking myself, it's like, why I can't be there? And, and one of the answers that came up is like, I don't take care of my, my, my body. So my, I have all these physical imbalances and I get hooked all the time and I get triggered and I have voices all the time in addition to being liquid. So, so I wanna I wanna take care of my of my body and I wanna have my so I'm starting to have this new story that maybe I need my box and my gremlin to take care of all these things, of all the things that they're you know, before I start falling apart, like like my my financial my financial circle is is, is like really bad and my social circle gotten really bad it's like when i say bad i mean it's like it's like falling apart i don't know it, it doesn't work to take care of of my five bodies and yeah i wonder if there is i, I want to try looking at the box and the gremlin in a new way that they're like they can take care of, of that stuff and then i can have transformation instead of looking at it like this is the obstacle for my transformation. Hey, Dor, appreciate yeah. you appreciate your sharing. I'm picking up the sense that there's a lot of mind in there, a lot of thinking or the, the intellect trying to understand. And it's in terms of trying to make things different, like you, you're you sound like you're trying to make things different. Using the mind to understand and to try to make things different has not very much power. And it's, it's like you're a visionary type guy. So you have a strong focus on what's possible, what could change, you know, what people's potential is, like that. And you focused a lot on what's possible on the vision and that but the other part of the practical you know what's really going on in your life you don't you haven't been looking at that and that's where the pain would come from that's the feedback would come from there so were you at, when you were at the intimacy journey or training you had 30 people around you giving you some feedback that was difficult to avoid and so then you said, okay, well, I'm, I, that's when things started to change was when I had 30 people shouting at me, basically. And so, okay, the thing is that that let you see some of the consequences, the painful consequences of how you have been being. And that was, that gave you a platform of reality to stand on because your focus is usually on possibility, you know, positive thinking, you know, good stuff can happen. And, but what, and what we're saying, then, and you're trying to change things by looking in your mind and figuring it out. And what I'm saying is it might help you really to look at what is, which you started to share with us, you know, about your finances or your relationship circle and like these things. If you just focus on the, the painful part, which is your feedback about what really is, then you have 
inside of you without figuring it out in your mind. It's, it's like, you know, if I do this, it creates pain. If I do that, it creates pain. If I, and so you start getting a map of a different kind of map of what the consequences are of certain stuff. It's just like, and it's visceral. It happens in your, in your bodies, not in your mind. And then you learn that if you speak a certain way, you put your energy over there in a certain way, you put a certain fake face on your, you know, a certain way, it has these painful consequences of inauthenticity or disconnection or distrust or projections or expectations or all these things happen as a result of that. And so I was suggesting rather than trying to figure it out in your mind that you actually just get a look away from what's possible and the positive and the, and look at what is. And like, and really, like you said, the monk, you know, the, 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 whatever the monk is looking, like, look at what is like a monk, like you said, but you don't have to go anywhere to do that. You don't have to go hide in a cave or separate from people. You just simply, as you're moving through your day, become aware of what's causing the pain, you know, and, and look at it, look at the shit that's causing the pain. And until you look at it and feel the pain, smell the shit, you're not going to do something else. So you've got a body of habits that feeds your gremlin a feast every day. Okay, you could live the rest of your life like that, and your gremlin would actually have your life. So you already know what that's like. You already know what that causes for you and other people. It pretty much, you've done the maximum of that. You know, you could, of course, if you had more money or more palaces, you could have more women and more sex and more food and more whatever, you know, you could have more, but you wouldn't have anything different. So if you want something different, you're going to have to look the other way. You're going to have to look at what's the pain, where the pain is coming from. And then you'll start getting a different kind of inner map. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's like Anne Chloe said it about the ecstasy that when I was in the in the intimacy journey lab, I also have I had all this joy and ecstasy from from being around that, that kind of space, that kind of great space. And now that I don't have that, it's like I'm going for the for the low low ecstasy, so to speak, like the garbage wanted to find in the garbage. And and now I'm aware of it, but I, that's where I'm stuck. That, that's where my pain is. is I, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what, how to. That's why I'm going to possibilities and to visions because I, I'm stuck there and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is don't go to the possibilities and the visions. Don't put your energy there right now. Take it back and look at what you're actually, what is actually happening even more, become more aware. You said you're aware of it, but I think you just see it in your mind and you call that awareness, but it's not awareness. You just have the idea of it, it's in your mind. If you have the awareness of it, it's a five body awareness and you go, whoa. And, you, and it, it'll, it'll map into you in a way that will not, where you won't be able to do it anymore. It's like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer when you figure out that it's you 
who has a hammer in your hand and you're hitting yourself in the head with the hammer, that's when you can stop. But if you're looking around at the positive things and you have this headache or you have, you know, you, you, you don't know where your energy is going and how come you can't use your right hand, you know, and all these things. And you finally look at what's really going on. That's when something can change. Won't be in your mind. Won't figure it out in your mind. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the section in the book where we are on page 198, in it's about being with children, it says. And I'm I've been checking it out, and it's like we we you know, we have so much from our childhood that it's like it isn't really about children. Habet, I see you're you're there. Did you want to say something? Can you do you want to say something, Habet? Okay. All right, nice to see you. So this is about being with children. I just want to read it, but when I'm reading about children, don't think we're talking about children. Think we're talking about you. Okay, you and your friends and your partners and, and that. This is about us. You know, people, we are we have this childhood thing in us. Being with your children is not about letting the children control and dominate the spaces of your life together, spaces of your life, or giving your center away to your children, or forsaking your adult responsibilities and trying to become a child yourself. These all too common behaviors actually drive you crazy. The boundaries and clarifications that you as the adult can create in the life of your child, the child part, gremlin part, establish, what, you know, almost like bars on a jungle gym. This is the bars like metal pieces of, you know, on the jungle gym uh, that, your, that your child can develop their muscles of responsibility. Not fulfilling your role as an adult parent is like, giving your child a jungle gym with no bars or rubber bars. You know, they try to hold something like a rubber band. Okay. There's no, there's no boundaries. There's no clarity. There's nothing to hang on to, to build the muscles of responsibility. Then wondering why your children do not develop stamina, presence, you know, focus, fortitude, um, and no, like in little intelligent abilities to relate it's because you're not creating the framework in which you, they can do that. So probably a number of our parents were like that with us. You know, some of our parents were just not there or some of them were mean or abusive. And some of the parents were overly uh, al allowing us to just get, you know, live out a life without clarity about how the world works about consequences things like that and that's we're carrying the the burden of that we're carrying the consequences to nurture extraordinary human relationship with your children or with these child parts or with anybody else's children for that matter or with anybody else's child parts for that matter try the experiment of paying more attention while you're being with children. The experiment goes like this. Reserve and make sacred a priority 
for spending 20 minutes of being with time once or twice a week with each child individually. So when I was first doing this, I was with two daughters. And at first I thought I could spend the time with both daughters at the same time. And that does not, it's not doing this experiment. You know, being with the children is not the same as being with a child. So there's a, there's a, there's a way you can apply this to yourself too, which is to be with the uh, kind of like Dora was doing this work to check out his, his gremlin or um, somebody else was talking about checking out the, the child part, for example. Like you can in spend specific amount of time ass assessing or analyzing or being with or li listening deeply into what's really going on in you like that. So it's the same kind of experiment. And just don't generalize it out. Do it very clearly and specifically with that part. So with the children, you knock on their door, assuming they have a room and you knock on the door and say, may I come in and be with you? If they say no, not now, then you say, okay, and you walk away. This is establishing a, a working negotiated relationship with another human being. You know, most adults, most whatever you call them, big people who have children, you know, they don't even knock on the door. They just open the door or walk right in and say, I'm going to be with you now as if, as if the child is a vacuum cleaner or a dog or I don't know, some, some object and they, that they own. And so there's, there isn't, there is not this respect of knocking on the door, say, hello, may I come in and be with you now? And if they say no, then you say, okay, and you walk away. See, the thing is, if you do not respect the no from the child, how do you expect the child to respect the no from you? So you're teaching a child to disrespect the word no when you disrespect their no. So I'm sure you can think back about these times. So if they say yes, then you, then this is a, this is this experiment. You inconspicuously walk into their room. So that means you do not take over the space. Inconspicuously means you, you slide into the space sideways as if you're part of, you're like, you do not disrupt the space. You slide in sideways. You come in and uh, immediately sit down on the floor or lie down on your side. With young kids, it really works best to lie down on your side, put your head on your elbow like that, and just lay there. And you just, you don't, you do not stand in the room because standing in the room is this dominant, controlling, giant thing walking into this little person's room and going, I'm going to be with you. You know, this like, it's a takeover, it's a takeover of the space. So, so do not sit in a chair, do not lie on their bed or even on a couch. You lie down on, your, on the floor, on your side. So you're not even just sitting up, you're actually as flat as you can get on the floor. You're taking a sub, like a low status position. You take a low status position, a listening position. 
The bed, the chair, the couch, and the center of the floor are power positions in their room. You do not occupy a power position in the room. You do not take, yeah. So lying on your side on the floor puts you in a weaker and therefore a more vulnerable position, making you more available for relationship with your child. These details are critical. So after you have tried this experiment once, then come back and reread these lines to check that you understood them correctly. Because if you miss even one of those things, and uh, it'll just trash the experiment. It'll, if you take one dominant position secretly. So you can, you know, parents, parents are so afraid of losing the dominant position with the children because then the children will think that they don't, nothing is controlling them. There's no controlling agent. You know, this is this whole, I don't know, modern, non-relational, dominant, controlling position that is being done to us in a daily life. If you go to work in a corporation, there is a dominant, controlling authority figure higher up than you in the hierarchy, and you, you must submit to that. And so if that's being done to you, you will naturally do that to everybody else in your life, including your children. So this experiment destroys that, takes it away. When you're lying on the floor, you do nothing and you say nothing. You are now being. The with part of the being with is up to the child. So you don't force yourself into the child's space to be with them. You make yourself being and let the with part come from the children by their own volition. So if this is the first time that you try this experiment, the response from the child will be different according to the child's age. An older child will look at you and say, what's wrong? Are you sick? And if you walk in and lay on the floor like that, they'll go, are you sick? What's wrong? No, you, and if that happens, you say, no. I just wanted to come in and be with you. And then that's it. You don't say anything else. Particularly do not say, I'm reading a book that says to try this experiment at being with children. Okay. Don't say that. <laughs> you might be surprised how difficult it can be to refrain from vomiting your mind into the space, your child's space, as a box reassuring monologue that shatters the silence. You know, it's a powerful sentence, but you might be surprised at how difficult it is to resist that. And, this, and in this experiment, it's about resisting that temptation. Contain your radioactive waste dump. You get it? Contain it. Your child's space is not a place for you to dump your shit into their world. Let your, let your stuff fall into, let your whole system fall into fathomless, like bottomless, stillness you are being you're doing the being part the child is testing to see if you're going to do your usual thing just keep breathing and be there okay this is an experiment you can do it many times but the first time is really like this you will be tested if the child is younger it takes but a moment before they realize that mom or dad is finally offering them just exactly what they have been waiting for, being together with them for no reason. 
sharing your company. So again, I just want to mention this has really not so it's not specific, specific to children. This is with any human being. This works with any human being because we all have this capacity to be and to be with. So, so this is what other people are actually waiting for oftentimes with each other. What we are waiting for from each other is being together for no reason, sharing your company. A younger child may come over almost immediately and jump on you to wrestle, especially if it's a boy. They might come with a broken doll and say, Daddy, can you fix this? Or with a storybook and say, let's read. They may come with coloring pencils or a puzzle or a video game. If the child is older, they may ask you for help with an algebra problem or complain about what's happening at school. They might tell stories about their friends, share plans for the weekend, or show you a catalog of what they want to buy with their pocket money. Whatever they bring or offer to you, be a yes for that. Use none of the 12 roadblocks. Do not offer solutions. Do not correct their attitude. Do not be positive. Do not praise. Do not rationalize or explain that this is how life is. I don't know if it says it later on. Do not look under their bed and find the dirty sock that you've been missing from the laundry because they did not put it in the laundry basket. You know, this is not a time for any of that shit, any of it. Simply be there and enjoy being a yes for their offer. You are so lucky if you if your if your partner, your child will, you'll sit there, you are being not not making the with part. You are being, and they make an offer to you. If that happens, you are lucky. It's an amazing gift. So you, you, you receive the gift and you be a yes for it. This is an exercise in being with. That, yeah, that means do not look under their bed and say, oh my God, that's where the other stocks go. Geez, look at all that dust. Don't you ever vacuum in here? How can you live in such a pig pen? Isn't this... Isn't this the toy from grandpa and it's broken already? I asked you to put your clothes away last week and they're still sitting here. Have you finished your homework yet? It's almost time for dinner. Have you washed your hands? It is almost bedtime. Have you brushed your teeth? None of this shit. None of it. This is a zone. These 20 minutes are a parenting babble-free zone. Okay? This is a this is a babble free zone. This is like, this is about two people being with each other, human to human. This is all. This is also not the time to go eat ice cream together. That's a doing thing. And you're occupied, you're, you know, you're spending money, you're doing, you're distracting, you're sugar, you know, all this stuff. It's not a time, that's not what this is about. It is not a time for movies or TV. It is not a time to put on a sticky sweet attitude of false niceness. It is also not a time to complain about your life or anything like that. It is time to be with, and it is time for your child, not time for you. So a lot of times, especially if your adult ego state is contaminated with your child ego state and you get this time to be with somebody, you wanna make it about you. 
And if you're the one doing this work, don't do that. Your child ego state will come up and go, well, I'm needy. Oh, I want hugs. Yeah, I want all these things, you know, like that. That's, then it's about you. This is about being with. And if you're the one who's aware and doing the experiment, then it's about them. Do not fill up the space with your troubles and make your child listen to you or comfort you or psychoanalyze you. You are the adult. Be with your child. After the 20 minutes, really look at the time. After the 20 minutes, say, thank you. I felt glad to be with you. See you later. And then get up slowly and walk out of the room. So the reason to end the thing at 20 minutes is because you're keeping your word. It's like, can I come in and be with you for a while? That's what you're saying. A while is about 20 minutes. You come in, be with them, you get up, you walk out, it's over. It isn't dragging out. It isn't, it's, it's a start, middle, end, completed thing. And if you start doing that as a, a way, like the pattern will build up where there's trustworthiness, where it's not going to turn into something else. So it's to come in, be with, get up, go. And the 20 minutes of being with is huge amount of nutrition. It's really powerful healing force for, for all people. It's a very powerful healing force. You come in, be with, leave, you know, and, and then it doesn't evolve into something else. If you have more than one child, arrange to be with them individually. It does not work trying to be with more than one child at the same time in this way. If done consistently, like once or twice a week, you start doing this little 20 minute thing with each child, this experiment can completely transform your relationships with your children. They will get so much authentic presence and nurturing in that amount of time that they, that they don't, like they get filled up. It's like, uh, there's this other exercise where, or thing where kids come up, you know, and you're working in the kitchen or at the computer or something, go, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, whatever. And they, and you, and you give them 5% of your attention. Well, then they get filled up 5%. They're not full. So then, then they should, you shush them away after 5, 5% and then they have to try again. So if instead, if when the kid comes up or a person comes up, you turn, you give them 100% of your attention. You squat down, you look them straight in the eyes, you're right with them, you drop everything. You're right with them, straight in the eyes. Yes, what? Yes, hello, what can I do for you? And then you, you, you give them 100% attention. It only takes you know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute before the person is full, before the kid is full of your attention. You give them 100% attention, the gas tank's full, they go, that's it. <clears throat> They're back in the world. They're out there. And then, then they, there's this man get attention, you know, get filled up with attention. They can go back again. But if you only give them this 5% minimized attention, they don't get enough connection with you to thrive on in their life. So these are some key being with stuff. Does anybody have anything about that? Ten seconds of dead air time. It's unheard of in the radio business. But in this kind of a space, 
we need that kind of time just to integrate and consider. I do have a question. In regards to, like if you make that offer to a child and even you said like an older child, you know, will test you in the beginning and then, but will still has some kind of like this aliveness of offers. Like there's all this stuff that's happening in their life and they actually do want to share it with you as a, an adult or like a parent or, but if you do the experiment with like two older than 18 years old and you make the offer. And so you're not bringing yourself in and you're just like, I just want to be with you. And, and, and my suspicion is that the other person just doesn't have offers because they're just, you know, they've been killed. Like they've been just like destroyed. And then it's like, they would freak out. Like that's the, my fear that the people would just like, you know, their gremlin would come up to try to survive in an environment where there's no silence, where there's, and I mean, something like that, like what, so as the person who I'm making the offer, am I, so am I making offers too, at, if I'm, if it's not a, a child that I'm talking to? You're actually saying somebody is 18 years or older? Right. Yeah, yeah then it's totally different proposal you come in with proposals and offers invitations uh, uh, non-linear possibilities when you come in with all your life you come in alive and because it's an equal it's more of a okay uh, equal interaction and it's this it's a huge transition for a parent to shift over to relating to their child as a as an adult and people think oh yeah well I, I can do that you know but there's so many subtle ways for uh that have to shift for adult to adult this is shift from and usually it takes a gap you know some somewhere between one or two years and or 10 or 20 years you know before a child will be before the parent can get out of the child mode I mean, my parents never did. You know, they died. My mother died still thinking she was a mother to me. And, and every, you know, I would call her Virginia and she would go, oh, I'm your mother, you know, and I'm 45 years old or something. And it's like, hello. You know, so, so many people won't, uh, won't make the shift because it's, there's we have these rigidities crystallizations that set in and so you know you guys are on this path of evolution and so the crystallizations like it or not will not settle in the the foundation keeps getting turning to liquid or turning to dust or vapor or just in non-existence like there's no the, the patterns you keep thinking there's going to be a pattern i think these times are particularly rapid evolutionary times i mean it's like and chloe was saying it's like we set up this pattern here in the writing house it's already completed itself we had it for two weeks or something it's completed and people are going to the next thing they have to do okay that doesn't make sense because we 
we made a plan for a year. Well, the year's over. So it just there's this rapid evolution stuff going on now because of what Anne Cloy was talking about, I think, because human beings need to match uh, the changes that are happening on the planet. I mean, the hugeness of the, of the, I don't want to get into this, but the hugeness of the, uh, the hugeness of the impossibility of modern culture to provide a bright future for humanity. That impossibility is so huge and becoming more and more glaring that the, the edge workers such as yourselves are, are you know, back paddling, rap, rapidly evolving into, into creating new possibilities. And so the things that you build in your life that you think might last for a while quickly mature and, and, and are finished. And so don't be surprised when your patterns, your plans, your, 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 the things that you think will last for a long time vanish. The rapid iteration time, rapid iteration, rapid evolution. I mean, you know, it's in a way, uh, it's more of a, how do you say it, Gurdjieffian idea, but you know, most people live in their mind and so they have a lifetime and then they die and and they learn what they learn in that lifetime usually they don't learn it until they're laying on their deathbed going oh shit i should have done this more i should have said i love you more i should have stopped more i should have been amazed at flowers more whatever whatever the thing is so but if you split your attention into your five bodies, the more you can do that, the more you're living five lives at the same time. You get that. You have intellectual, physical, emotional, energetic, and archetypal attention going on at the same time. You're living five times as much in one moment as somebody who's only focused on their mind. And so that's a lot. But then... When the rapid evolution comes, you can live more than one lifetime in one lifetime. So you're living five lifetimes at the same time, more than one life in each life at the same, you know, one after the other. So I've lived, I don't know, probably something like seven lifetimes so far in my life so far, you know, where my entire world was utterly destroyed and vanished. And then another one emerged and I was on this path of rapid evolution. So, you know, I was living in California. I had a business, a house, a car, everything was, you know, and that business, I just, I destroyed it. And one, one day I just gave it away and then I had nothing. And then I lived another life trying to be a multi-level marketing skin cream salesman. And like, and that took me a year and then pff, that was gone. And then I started being a trainer in a training company in Arizona as a secretary, you know, and that went on for a while. And then I got moved from California to Arizona. So then I had an Arizona life. And then I got moved from Arizona to France. And then I had a French life for 10 years. And then I got moved from France to Germany, you know, and then I had a German life for 10 years. So, and now I'm in another life. So I mean, these if you, I'm sure you could tell stories just like me about things that, you know, you, how your life, a life that you had, the entire package that would have sufficed for an entire lifetime. And you thought maybe you would live and retire and die, you know, and then it's over. Okay. Well, that's not really 
necessarily a bad thing. So as your life is falling apart again, you know, and you go, well, God, this already happened five years ago or 10 years ago or something. So if it's happening again, we'll go, okay, well, this rapid evolution stuff really puts you through your paces. You know, it's really, it's a, you get to pay attention in a different kind of way as the whole thing goes into the Phoenix process. You know, the Phoenix bird, the whole thing is together. It's this beautiful, amazing kind of light life form. And then it just goes and it burns. You know, the whole thing just burns. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And there's just nothing but ashes. And then you don't know what's going to happen. You know, and sometimes, I mean, it's possible that a new, a new life form emerges out of the ashes and starts again. So this is this Phoenix process. So you might be Phoenix, Phoenixing your life more often than you expected in these times of rapid evolution. So I'm, I mean, it's funny because the next part of the book on page 200, yay, we reached page 200, is called Going Nonlinear. Dor, you going to say something? No. Okay. I was just happy that we reached page 200. <laughs> Whoopee! Hey! <laughs> Jeremy, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I want to say something. It's not going to make so much sense, but um, so I have a five-year-old boy. He's sitting here next to me. And uh, the practices are, I think, amazing. Um, I'm spending the last month I was with him all the time. He's just home. And so he's with me a lot. But this thing of giving 100% attention is something I've never actually consciously tried. And I think it only happens spontaneously when at the last half hour at night when we sit down and read a book and I'm like 100% with him and it's dark and there's more of a... Yeah, so thank you for that. And I also want to say that um, um, it was a suggestion there in the lab that I get your Conscious Feelings book. No, sorry, your Good Night Feelings book. And uh, so I started reading it with him this week. Um, and it's amazing. I, it's really amazing what happened. It, uh, we started it and he, at first I thought it's not going to work. Or we've never really talked about feelings like that. And um and we got through, you know, the beginning and we get to anger and suddenly he starts saying, ah, today I was angry for this and this and that. And he's really talking about his feelings. It's really, it's really amazing. So um, I, I'm still in the story that he can't talk about this stuff and that I can't, um, yeah, create like negotiate intimacy, but I, I'm seeing that it's not true. And so I'm, I'm um, experimenting with that more. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah that you. book is incredible. I mean, because... Have you noticed how if, for example, your son talks about that anger, mm -hmm. it goes away. It yeah. completes itself. Yeah. It's just what he used it for, how it happened, what was going on. He says the whole thing and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And then he can sleep. Yeah. You know? And the and next morning, wake up, wake up fresh. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's amazing because he knows. I, I keep thinking he's irrational. He doesn't know. He's getting angry. He's crying. Like it, there's no sense in it. But I, I see actually when he talks about it that there is. He knows why. He knows. He, he yeah. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Please get that book to a lot of people. It's amazing mm -hmm. process. It's a wonderful environment to be with, especially <clears throat> at the end of the day. You know, and go through this 
it doesn't take very long. And you just mm-hmm. clean the slate, you know, wash everything away because you hear this story and you hear why. And yeah. then you go, God, and then he hears it from you also, you know, and yeah. he goes, well, oh, dad, dad's the same as me. We are the same. You know, we, we can talk with each other about this stuff. And yeah. then yours goes yeah. away and his goes away and he understands you and you understand him. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, it creates, I see how it creates the space. We were there and it's, and it's dark and we have the book and it like creates the space where suddenly it's okay to talk about feelings and I can share mine more easily as well. And we can yeah. actually understand each other. And then we can even start negotiating. Like I said, um, I'm really going to try not to get angry uh, for this and that, be, you know, and so we can really negotiate that as well. So it's great. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for saying all that. Yeah. Wow. Hello, Andrea. Anything from your department? Um, the only thing that comes up for me is um, this being part. <clears throat> and I've realized that there are times where I actually say to my mom, like to just be with me. Like if, if like we're drinking together coffee She's always saying like what she needs to do and she's all over the place. And I'm just like, can you actually like just for two minutes, can you just be here and like stop talking about this and just just be. And sometimes she she calls with her friends when we're drinking the coffee. Um, and I, I don't mind that. Um, but I just see how she actually can be with them and just just be present. And I said to her as well, like, can you actually do the same with me as well? Just for those two minutes, just (laughs) not rushing somewhere else. I have a good experiment for you to try. You know, if your mom's talking about stuff, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that. Just call her on the phone and just, just sit there at the table and she'll go, she'll pick up the phone, you know, and you guys start talking to each other at the table with the phone and it and then you know as a as a non-linear possibility i might actually try that because she i I can see that she she doesn't receive what i'm saying because it just keeps repeating so maybe that will um, be something unusual so that she actually receives that yeah i mean there's this uh, task. It's like trying to drag that rock up the side of the mountain, and then you get near the top of the mountain, and then it cuts loose and rolls back down the mountain. You know what I'm talking about? This kind of a task. It's like trying to change your mother is one of those tasks. So it turns out that if you're trying to change your mother, you're facing the wrong direction. Because your mother is actually behind you. Your mother is an ancestor. Your mother is not a job on your desk or on your bench. She's not a job on your bench to work on or fix or repair or change. It just doesn't work like that. So, you know, this whole work of connecting being to being and having some time with your mother and just appreciating her being, you know, 
but that's not about trying to change your mother so that she does it with you. You know, it's about, it really is, your mother is behind you as an ancestor and just, um, there's a plenty of people who would pay you for your consulting work on their lives. You know, they'd actually pay you instead of having you trying to do it on your mother and have it have no effect. Do you, Andrea, what kind of work are you doing? I am all over the place currently. Can you be a little less specific? Yeah, I am working in a travel agency, but I am, during the last years, I came more to know about health and related issues. And I would like to be like a health coach, health consultant, and like a holistic health coach, non-traditional one. And also I would like to bring in the, the concept that you're doing and the emotional healing processes to, to Slovakia and the region here as well. Slovakia is wide open for that. Yeah. Really. It's really wide open. So uh, what's the name of your consulting business? Is this None. called Andrea Talks? No, and you listen? No. There's, so there's like, <laughs> yeah, so what I'm saying is uh, it can take you know, two, three, five, eight years before you open your doors to doing emotional healing processes but have you been at any have you been at expand the box training no yeah so i, I don't know and, and and chloe maybe you have an opinion she's not there or somebody but the you know can somebody get emotional healing processes without actually being through expand the box training maybe you know and it's not impossible and but you know, the, the best way, the most effective and powerful way is to go through expand the box training in labs, and then you'll have it in your cells how to do this. But, you know, studying the book, talking, going through, asking for emotional healing processes yourself from other people who have been through labs and stuff. So then that's a way to get it patterned in. You know, we've got a hundred videos online on how to do emotional healing processes, a hundred. How many have you watched? Maybe like four or five. Okay, well, watch all hundred, even the boring ones, even the confusing ones. Watch all of them, and you'll. This is a complete training program for how to do emotional healing processes, you know. And then start doing them. There's a whole procedure for doing it. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but you know, you do the first uh, first fifty for free, something like that. Vera, do you remember how this is? Yes, first first 50 for free. free. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you start charging for them. Yeah. 50 to 80 euros or dollars. And then for a session, session after 50. And then after a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Then after a hundred, it's 150 to a hundred to 250. Yeah. Yeah. And these, these prices are actually, in terms of the value received, they're actually low, but it's enough to quit your corporate job. It's enough to 
pay for food and rent and stuff like that. So, and, you know, Andrea, really by next week, you could, you could start doing your 50, the 50 free ones. You know, say I'm just offering emotional healing processes. You could do this. What were you going to say? That I have already done the first one. First, yay! Who did with, you me, with me, with me. I was a client. Yes. Yeah. Ingrid, how was it for you? A deep, profound process, and I got a lot of it. I shared it with Vera. She knows, and it, it was really. A wonderful deep process. Yes. Okay. Do not, not praise. It's feedback. And I have another possibility also to if even if there's in, in these calls it happens a lot where more than one person holds space. But also in the in the telegram group, when you can also put yourself out there saying, I want to be in the space when someone else is holding space too. I want to, to hold space with you. Is that okay? And uh, I think a lot of people are going to say yes. It's, it's an opinion, but I, uh, I think it's true. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. Is it in the way that I'm just the spectator? No, you would be a space holder to a co-space holder. Yeah, the same way that more than one person also in these calls, sometimes someone says, I want to, can someone hold space for me? And two, three, sometimes even four people are the space holders. And so they follow that impulse and, and say the next thing. And sometimes it might come from you. Sometimes it might come from the other space holder. Yeah. And you collaborate. Yeah, is, the point, is, the point is, is collaborate or, or get just expose yourself to the space because every every process is different there is no method and so it's about invention it's about going non-linear and so as your nervous system gets more and more familiar with going non-linear and creating possibility then then it'll become natural for you and it's such a valuable resource it's so valuable and so I hope you do it. Thanks. Johanna, are you doing that too? Um, I'm, I'm doing the, I'm giving emotional reading processes. I'm around my 15 and I'm continuing. Yay. Yeah. And then, so you start charging soon or are you charging already? Uh, I hope, like, um, I would like to start charging soon because I've, I've yeah. And what is this meaning? This meaning we see you uh, having a little resistance to uh, making a step to charging. Yes, I'm, I'm working on this resistance in, okay, I will, I will start charging now for people who are not from PM. Or I don't know, because actually I feel afraid, actually my resistance is like, I want to give it free because here we're giving it to each other and I'm yeah. mostly, and I started to give to outside people and and uh, yeah, I think my uh, actually I want I would like to charge them also like for outside okay. people. It's time okay, to Clinton. charge. Okay. It's time to charge. This is a deal. Okay. 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 <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's necessary. It's just balances it's, it out. Yes. Yes. 
I have thank you. I have Just an idea ahead. for um, making your circle of clients bigger if you're starting. That seems to work with uh, many of the clients that I've the people that I've coached, which is uh, to offer for free uh, to two or three people that are not, I mean, could be in the possibility management game world or not. And in, in exchange for a review or a video, like a small video of review, and then you publish, any of you could do this, and you publish the review as, as like launching your, your paid um, emotional healing process business. So. And also, Johanna. Thank you for the possibility. And also, Johanna and Andrea, there's a, you need a website. You need just a coaching website, possibility coaching website. And just explain so you can copy paste information from the possibility coaching website itself. And what is possibility coaching, some pictures, some uh, uh, compliments from your clients, like Vera said, and how to get in touch with you, the prices, you know, like that. You just sort of. There's a website called Build Your Make Your Website. It's called Make Your Website. So, do you have a website for that service? Have you, do you have your possibility coaching website? Yeah, just make it. You know, it takes a couple hours. You make your website. You know, it's online. It's free, and it works. But you need a website to have credibility, just to like have presence, and you just let people say, "Oh yeah, just check out my website." You can call me through the number or send me a message. And um, like that, but it really helps to have a website to give your your own self credibility about your services. Yeah, and it's so valuable for people. Thank you. Cool. Can I ask something more, uh, also personal yeah. about that? Okay, but be, go ahead. Um, okay, wait. I noticed that there've been like the like really in one month four different people from different contexts who came to me more about uh, being confused of their life mission and their calling. And, so, um, and also I feel really called to do this, uh, like uh, this for me really kind of synchronicities. And the resistance is like, well, I don't really know how can I, I really don't like, like people come to me for that. And I kind of, I feel my coaching is really giving them a lot of goal. And then I'm blocking myself to claim that because there is no method. Or, or like I'm still in this belief or I need to have a clear something to offer or yeah how can I go over this resistance or is it just in my mind uh Vera were you going to say something okay yeah uh you you can just say possibility coaching okay and there's tons of information out there about that. And then, then you don't have to invent a bunch of stuff. You don't have to, and there is no method, but it's a context. It's a, it's a space and it does, it's so clearly explained how this is not psychology. It is not a religion. It's not a sect. It's not a, it's all those things that people have questions about. You know, what is it really? Well, it's based on something completely different from this is possible right now. Well, that's a, that's a wild thing to say. Can you prove it? Yes, you can have a seat. 
and, and you shake their hand, say, what can I do for you? And then they say, well, I, I'm looking for possibility about this. And you just, and you go there, you go, what's in the way, you know, like there's all this, so many doorways. So yeah, so that um, you don't have to, your main, I, it, was, it sounded to me like your main question was about having a certificate on your wall. Yeah, or sell, or that's that uh, is a yeah that's a wall I'm giving myself actually I'm, I I feel I see it how I block myself because what you're responsible for is opening doors. I usually open three doors for a client. And if they do not go through any of the doors, I say this session is over. Because I open the doors, you either go through or you do not go through. And, it, and so your job is to open the doors. You can do that. But you're not responsible for them going through the door. You're not responsible for the, the, what happens in their life. That's their job. Your job is to open up these and support these doorways. That's it. Okay. And it's... Okay. You know, when you do that, you give people so much clarity, so many new distinctions, thought maps. You have this inner navigation. Which feeling is that? Is it a feeling or an emotion? You know, is it is it yours or is it somebody else's? You know, where does it come from? Who's who is? Uh, when did you decide that? You know, what is it about? What's the purpose of it? You know, you're giving so many inner navigation distinctions that people will just thrive just from the distinctions that you give them. They never, modern culture does not have these distinctions. There's psychology does not have these distinctions. You know, so you're, you're providing a service of opening doorways with huge thought maps and distinctions that nobody else has. It's a treasure and it's huge. It's a huge treasure. So just radically rely on the treasure. You can radically rely on it. Your bright principles, the space that you're holding, all that. You have a, Johanna, you have a talisman on. Yes. What is it? What is it? A spiral. Um, and yes, like one, one single spiral. Like, yeah. Transformation. Did you, Did you get it from us? Yes, at the um, Intimacy Lab in June. Yeah, that's what I thought. So... So it you can count on that, is what I'm saying. You can also yeah. count on what's behind that archetypal lineage talisman. You can mm. count on that to, to work in your space with you. And it's very, it's really incredible to count on it. Like just depend on it. You set up the space, you have your center grounding cord bubble, you know, and you, you have it. the client comes in, they have their center grounding cord bubble. And then the space itself does the work. You just be a servant of the space. You serve the space. So that, and you can radically rely on that. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank, thank you. Clinton? Yes. I want to ask you and Aunt Chloe for something. I'm just going to ask without like the reason why. Can you hold? space for, for uh, I don't know, like a, a meeting or a workshop or something about becoming money? 
because I what for me and what I heard from other people in PM, there is like I think a few of us have read the website and and did some of the experiments there and are and have clients and stuff and it's it's like I think there is a lot of a lot of distinctions that we can get and get a lot of value from. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I heard, I'm asking okay. that. I heard your proposal. Uh, what if you deliver that? I I did. I I opened a space for that, and you know, people didn't came, which is feedback for me. And I know Nicole has tried to do some, and at the beginning they didn't work. And I think there's some distinction in me are missing about that. That's why I I don't feel I can hold that space. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I mean, well, I, I'm willing to hold space and 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 do the logistic and everything, but I I want maybe you and Aunt Chloe to to be there and and give distinctions or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I'll I'll talk it over with her. Um, the thing is, we're doing the next thing we're doing is a game world builder incubator. It's a game world building incubator. So it's an online 12 week thing where you bring your your game world in and becoming money is part of it. So it's, you know, it has to be, we're not promoting profit making, you know, modern culture, uh, stock company, corporation game worlds, you know, we're promoting next culture game worlds. And so the, uh, I see a request for the game world building incubator. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on the study group platform. Thank you. And it's, but it's, uh, it's basically almost full. So I don't know exactly know why I'm telling you this, but it's part of the game world building incubator is also the money become money because it's part of it because it's, it has to do with value. It has to do with recognizing the, the difference between money and value. And so, and, be, and you actually put, take a radical responsibility for the value that you are and, and, Dehypnotize yourself from this money conversation as if money has value, and that both of those together is what the become money is about. And so, uh, but I'll keep it in mind in terms of like a shorter workshop, a short like a work talk or something like that. Door, thanks. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. Anything from anybody else right now? about anything. I'm hesitating to jump into this next section called going nonlinear because it's a huge thing. It's really a big, uh, I love this stuff. Going nonlinear is a gateway to so much in possibility management and also in, even in possibility coaching. So I don't wanna try to squeeze, the, squeeze it into 10 minutes or something. I would like to save it for next week. So anybody else have any, anything? Uh, I would like to share a story about meeting a stranger in and meeting strangers. Great. So yeah, 
Um, I met three weeks ago, like a little group of people who were jamming on the street. And I sat with them and started to jam. And this Saturday, when I was, um, I was giving myself another challenge about playing violin in the street and ask mommy and like really busking and alone, because it it's, it's okay with people like, you know, and I was about giving up. I was like, I don't do it. Uh, because my, like my mind was coming a lot of reason and I was already walking. I walked already 40 minutes to go to that place. I was thinking and feeling I go basking there. And when I was seeing it was not many people and so on. I was about uh, giving up when um, that person, one of the person I met in uh, this uh, like three weeks ago, he recognized me. He was just eating a falafel, like sitting in this Turkish, you know, small restaurant in Berlin. And he was eating a falafel, he said, Hey, uh, Johanna, like he even remember me and, 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 uh, and we, we played music then together and we played music on the street, walking with our instrument. Like, well, there's a story then like we went to take his guitar. He has a, a music instrument and we, it was middle of the night in, a, in, a, in Berlin. And we were like, really, uh, I was first time I was uh, walking with violin and playing and some people like, who would be like dangerous people kind of like, because they're like from appearance, you know, not from Germany, uh, smoking weed and like being yo-yo. And he just stopped us and I guess, can we have the guitar? And we got the guitar, like my friend, like the man got the guitar to that, that other man. And he started, he's, he, and he started to be very touched. This guy, he started, oh, it's been like 10 years I haven't touched a guitar. And he started to sing in front of his friend and he was vulnerable. And his, it was exactly the people who I would never thought they would show their vulnerability. It's kind of guys who are, you know, showing off being strong. And at the end, wow, I feel really touched. They, they gave us like five euro even just for that moment. And they were like, thank you. And just before we were playing in this kind of fancy restaurant, like kind of in front in the street, nobody was really, you know, wanting. And, and in the middle of the night, we weren't even seeing each other because it was, there was total darkness. And these strong, these kind of guys were like so melting in front of us and giving even money, like, like it was, a like I really wanted to share this experiment because it, yeah, it's so unique, so so it touched me so much, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty glad. Wow! And and you. just with strangers, like even the other man, I just met him once, so and he recognized me, and he took his guitar, and we were just improvising. We never played together, and yeah, that's wow. that's my story. <laughs> Happy you. to share it. Wow! Yeah, I mean, in terms of the becoming money, one of the proposals for generating a nickel machine, which is like an income stream, like through your own value is just has this, it was to make a, a CD of your music, whatever the music is, you make a CD of it, a full CD and you, and you, but you know, you go on the street and play and it was, you know, it was one of 25 ideas or something. And a couple of years ago, I was in Mallorca delivering an expand the box training this big guy comes in and he's um, a participant in expand the box training comes up and says hey i just have to tell you 
you know, I read the Become Money website. I did the CD thing. I've, I've, been, I've been traveling around the world. I come to this training. I paid for the whole thing by selling my little five euro CDs on the street. He totally, and he's just this great guy. And he just goes, it's just the thing is people don't do it. You know, and this guy just did it. And he was so on fire. He was just so happy, you know, that the thing actually works. It's like, it's like finding a magic formula or, or like the open sesame phrase, you know, that's what this stuff is. And if you, I mean, that's what my life feels like. It feels like this open sesame thing. You open the cave of jewels and it's just full of treasures and you can give them away because the more you give the treasures away, the more treasure there is. And so that's, that's how next culture works and possibility management works like that. And so it's, uh, it's just when people actually do it, that's when the, the treasure shows up. You know, that's when the magic happens. So what you just did, Johanna, is really fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Anything else from anybody else before we wrap it up today? Okay. All right. Well, thank you for being here. I love it to see you guys and have a great week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Hasta la vista. <laughs> Just. Bye-bye. Thank you.